0: Welcome to Dear Human Resources. In each episode, you'll hear about current HR topics and trends from experts, both practitioners and researchers, with the goal of giving you an insider's look at human resources. I'm your host, marie Germain. In this episode, Melissa Agnes, founder and CEO of the Crisis Ready Institute, talks about organizational crisis management. Welcome, Melissa. Thank you, Marie. It's really great to be here. Melissa Agnes is a recognized leading authority on crisis preparedness, reputation management, and brand protection. She's the creator of the Crisis Ready Model and author of Crisis Ready, Building an Invincible Brand in an Uncertain World. She's a coveted speaker, commentator, and advisor to some of today's leading organizations. Melissa, how can HR practitioners be crisis ready? How can they really ensure that they are prepared to handle any crisis now, but also in the future?
1: So, first, I'd say they can't do it alone. So, crisis ready is really an organizational kind of cross organizational endeavor, initiative, commitment. That's why I say that being crisis is cultural. Uh, But to give you kind of a high level answer that hits the mark and that we can dive into is, what you want to focus on is your mindset from a crisis-ready culture standpoint. You want to focus on your mindset because the lens through which you choose to see kind of any type of challenge will directly impact the actions that you take in response to that challenge. Which, of course, directly those actions directly impact the result. Um, so you want to focus on having the right mindset yourself, leading with that, as well as within the organization, making sure that it's all in alignment. From there, you want to make sure that you have the right skill set today, in this day and age, we need stronger crisis-ready leaders. And HR professionals have such an important role within the organization's crisis readiness, as well as in times of crisis and out, because they talk for and to the, the entire population. And oftentimes, one of the things that I hear the most is that HR professionals have grievances because employees are an afterthought. So it's really such an important skill to have and to have that seat at the table. So it's mindset, it's skill set, and then it's capabilities. You want to make sure that you have the structures in place. You want to make sure that you have the mechanisms in place to have that seat at the table, to when a crisis is declared, um, when the Crisis Ready program is activated, that when you need to communicate, when you need to take action and when you need to communicate with the entire internal population, that you have the processes and the capabilities in place to enable you to do so.
0: So, sometimes we use the word issue rather than a crisis. Can you explain the differences between an issue and a crisis in an organization and provide perhaps a few examples?
1: Absolutely. And this is really important to know. And I think it's one of the things that, in my experience, is really hard to grasp until you grasp it. So, one couple things to set that up one is that an, a crisis for one organization does not necessarily mean a crisis for another. So it's really important to define crisis for your organization. In order to do that, what I'm going to do, Maria, is I'm going to give the audience a framework, and then from there, we can use the examples to make that real. So framework for crisis. A crisis is an event or situation. It doesn't have to be a negative event or situation. It's just an event or a situation that stops business as usual to some extent. It requires immediate escalation straight to the top of leadership because it requires leadership's directives or decision-making, their strategy, their plan of action, their leadership, because this incident threatens material impact on one to all of the following five things. So, we've got people, whether that's internal and or external stakeholders. We've got the environment. Depending on the organization, the environment could be the planet. It could also be the economy. Uh, We've got operations, reputation, and or bottom line. So a crisis is an event or situation that stops business as usual, requires immediate escalation straight to the top of leadership because it threatens material impact on people, environment, operations, reputation, and or bottom line. Whereas an issue is not any of those things. So an issue is an event or a situation that doesn't stop business as usual and doesn't require immediate escalation straight to the top of leadership because it doesn't threaten People, environment, operations, reputation, or bottom line. And in order to really kind of substantiate what that means and why, uh, how to kind of categorize into that is really defining within your organization the thresholds of impact. So what is it that takes a situation and escalates it to crisis level and also vice versa? So I'll give you, you asked for some examples, I'll give you an example. So this is where you're going to take a high-risk scenario and you're going to say, at what point would this scenario be an issue? And at what point would this scenario be a crisis? And then you'll use that to define those thresholds. So let's take a fire. Let's just take, you know, an easy thing. There's a fire in the building at the facility in your workplace. At what point would a fire be an issue? And at what point would a fire be a crisis? An issue does not stop business as usual and doesn't require escalation to leadership because it doesn't threaten material impact. So a fire would be an issue if you know there's a fire in a garbage can and it gets extinguished right away. Right. Doesn't cause any material impact, doesn't cause any harm. There's no danger. Nobody's in danger. There's no um, repercussions on any part of the facility. Right. That said, it was still an issue because it still absolutely needed to be managed. And it didn't need, you didn't need to go and get management to go manage it, but it's the person who's next to the fire that sees it happen that's going to throw some water on it. So that's an issue versus a crisis. A fire that would be a crisis would be something like, Some kind of large-scale crisis where people's lives are put in danger or worse, and there's substantial destruction to the building, to the workplace, to the facility, that stops operations for X amount of time where now there's no source of revenue, and also it's costing money to now fix the facility. So that would be a crisis because, one, you'd have people's lives in jeopardy, right? Right. And you'd have some kind of material impact on ability to operate and potentially on bottom line.
0: I see. So can you break down how HR practitioners specifically can tell the difference between an issue and a crisis from an HR perspective?
1: So one thing that's very important to note, yes, HR professionals can do this. But when I said at the beginning that it really is a cultural approach, it requires this as a team effort, there's no crisis that an HR professional, if the organization faces some kind of an HR crisis, HR professionals are going to be mandatory requirement for helping to manage, to support the management of that crisis. But if it's truly a crisis, it's not just HR's responsibility at all, right? You need leadership, right? A crisis stops business as usual, requires immediate escalation straight to the top of leadership because it threatens material impact. But things that HR professionals are worried about are things like workplace violence incidents, or some kind of misconduct or misbehavior that threatens the organization's reputation, as an example. Or um, it could be something like incapacitation or sudden death or illness that incapacitates a key executive, right? And now that is, HR needs to manage that, and that potentially has material impact on the organization.
0: So you talked about leadership a little bit ago and specific skills. Can you Tell us what the leadership skills that are necessary to succeed in today's environment, especially during a pandemic, right?
1: So right now, we really do need strong leaders, especially in HR, that are able to lead through crisis. We've seen over the last two years and across the board, both from government as well as corporate, we've seen a lack of true leadership, and that's because crisis management, crisis communication is is very uncomfortable and it's outside of our normal scope of work, right? It's outside of business as usual. We didn't necessarily learn these skills in school, not the way that we could have and should have. And then you're you're challenged with leading an entire or internal population through a crisis. So some skills, um, one, I'm going to start with being confident to rise to that occasion to lead. So being... Feeling prepared enough that you are, you f- you feel empowered. You feel confident that yes, you can you can rise to the occasion and you can lead the internal population through the crisis. In order to do that, another skill is emotional intelligence. That being able to balance your communications with reassurance and guidance and leadership and support, as well as balancing that with hope and a little bit of vulnerability, where that is relatable. That d- that strengthens your leadership and may allows people to feel connected emotionally to you like you're a real life human and not you know some robot is a big thing right now as well as when i talk about emotional intelligence the skill to be able to understand emotion in the sense that emotion in a crisis people are emotional in a crisis, it's a crisis because it's highly volatile. It's There's material impact at stake, right? There's something that people don't know what the answers are. They're confused. They're lost. They're angry. They're sad. They're fearful. Whatever the emotion is, understanding that that emotion is going to amplify your challenges in a crisis and know have the skill to be able to know one. One of the crisis ready rules is you can't beat emotion with logic. So if you can't beat emotion with logic, and people are super emotional in times of crisis, having that emotional intelligent skill or the skill set to be able to communicate and resonate with them in a way that it gets through that emotion and. Enables you to really relate to them and resonate with them so that you can lead them. That's an exceptionally important skill these days. Another one is to be adaptive, I'll say that, so that it's not a rigid response, but it's an open response that is able to say, you know, we're taking this path today because of XYZ. This is the information we have, these are the actions we're taking tomorrow, if you get new information, to be able to adapt to that new information and leverage that to continue to allow it to help you strengthen your crisis response. So, being adaptive is absolutely a skill that we need today. And then the last one I'll share in this moment is the skill of foresight, to be able to understand what's in front of you, the impact that it can have down the line the opportunities that it can present down the line. So crisis is scary and comes with material consequence, but crisis also comes with opportunity. Opportunity to lead, opportunity to connect, opportunity to do what's right by the people you serve in the times where they need it most and to strengthen relationships and to strengthen brand equity as a result of effective management. So having the foresight to really understand what you're faced with in the moment, but then being able to see past the moment into the horizon and say, here's the challenges, here's what we can expect or what we, we believe we can expect, and here are the opportunities. That's a skill set that needs to be honed today for Crisis Ready.
0: It's true. A lot of organizations have realized that they actually could do some business online. A lot of them were not you know, having a, an online platform, and they had to during the pandemic. So, and they have kept that online platform and, and have grown business as a uh, consequence of the pandemic. So it's not all bad. You're right. So you're specialized in brand protection as well. And there are a plethora of examples I can think of organizations whose brands have been damaged over the years, You know, from Wells Fargo to Facebook. We may also remember General Motors that was under fire over a faulty ignition switch that was connected to 31 accidents and 13 deaths. So what are the steps to repairing damage to a brand?
1: There's a reason that I coined the term crisis-ready. It's not crisis management, it's crisis-ready. So a lot of the examples that you just named, I'm thinking in my mind as you name them, I'm thinking the problem, like in those cases, those things shouldn't have happened, right? And there's certain circumstances, there's certain crises that we can't prevent because for example, COVID, unless you're the government and you had taken action throughout China and like before it escalated the way that it did, once it escalated as citizens, as business owners, like We couldn't prevent that. The only thing we could do was be prepared to respond to it. But there's other crises. You mentioned Wells Fargo. That should have never happened in the first place. And so there's a huge difference. And that's why Crisis Ready is being in a position where you have the right culture, the right mindset, the right skill set, the right capability, where those things don't happen in the first place, right? And people, the organization holds itself accountable to a greater standard. When you manage those, it's harder to quote, unquote, repair your reputation because you destroyed trust by choice. Your actions or your inactions were your choice and they destroyed trust. That's on you. Now you have to pick up the pieces and that's harder to do versus being hit with something like COVID where that wasn't your choice, that wasn't, you couldn't do anything to prevent or to protect, no, I want to protect your business, but to prevent it from hitting your business. So, and if it's a situation that you could not prevent Then what I'll say is everything is about strong businesses is built on relationships, right? Every single strong business is built on relationships. The common denominator across every single industry and every single type of organization and type of business is human beings. So human beings and relationships with human beings. If you want to rebuild your trust, if you want to strengthen your trust, and if you want to, before that manage a crisis effectively, if I'm to leave you with one thing, it's to remember that and to always, one of the crisis-ready rules is people above process and bottom line always. Another one of the crisis-ready rules is to, when in doubt, focus on either rebuilding, strengthening trust and relationships. So if we remember that, that goes back to the crisis-ready mindset. If we remember that and we always seek to how do we manage this situation in a way where we come out of it with even stronger relationships to, with the people who matter most to our organization? Or how do we recover from this hit, from this mistake, from this circumstance where now our reputation and we're less trusted and our reputation has taken a hit? The answer is the same. How, what do you need to do today to connect, to rebuild trust, and to strengthen emotional relationships and ties with those who matter most to your business? There's no one size fits all answer ever, but there is framework and there is mindset. And if you take this mindset in your crisis ready approach and your crisis response, that will always lead you down towards the right path.
0: Can you think of an example of a world leader who, in your opinion, has handled the COVID-19 pandemic with superior skills based on the things you've just talked about, being crisis ready and having specific leadership skills?
1: You know, it's really hard for me to do that because I'm very discouraged with leadership across the board. One world leader that comes to mind thinking at the start of the pandemic and her response versus other people's responses, and that would be the Prime Minister of New Zealand, Jacinda Ardern. She really rose to the occasion of being a leader, of balancing that strength and decision making and choosing a decision based on the values of the country. And standing firm on them. She also balanced that with like that reassurance and that decision making with personability and relatability and vulnerability in a way. For example, I remember she was doing these Facebook lives or these live sessions from her home in an evening, like after she put her kids to bed, where she literally went live and answered her citizens' questions, right? Where they could have a one on one, one to one conversation with her through these platforms, I hadn't seen anybody else really take take that approach. And I I remember at that time going, like, what a gift to give to your people. Um, So that's a world leader. But I can say that there are maybe not world leaders, but community leaders who are strong, strong, strong leaders. So for example, one leader that comes to mind is Chief of Police Chris Chung from Mountain View Police Department in Silicon Valley in California in the U.S., he is one of my heroes, just watching him and his crisis-ready approach throughout the years. I mean, I feature him in my book. He is now an advisor to, to the Crisis Ready Institute, which is my company. I've watched him over the years do all of the practices that are fundamental to being crisis-ready, the crisis-ready practices where he, him and, and he leads his police agency. So everybody within it, their PIO, Katie Nelson is phenomenal. They work every single day to strengthen trust, especially when it's outside of crisis. And this is his quote that I'm, I'm not going to say verbatim, but this is his quote where he says, every day Mountain View Police Department works proactively to what he calls put banks of trust into their community trust fund, right? Like their community relationship fund. And they because they know that in a crisis, no matter what, there's going to be a withdrawal out of that bank. But they, the goal is that they'll still have a cushion. They'll still have a foundation. They'll still have enough trust left over that even with that withdrawal, they're still they still have the benefit of the doubt. They still have that trust. They still earn that credibility and that leadership to guide their community forward. And throughout COVID, he was. Phenomenal, just thinks outside of the box. How do we bridge divides? How do we get community members speaking um, and expressing in a way where we're actually they feel heard and understood, especially like during the Black Lives Matter movement? And there's a big crisis in this country, which is the lack of trust between law enforcement agencies and their communities. And his community doesn't suffer that to anywhere near any type of extent that the rest of the country does because of their crisis readiness prior to something happening. And then, of course, because when you're strong in crisis ready, you're strong in crisis management, so they are able to lead through crisis. You know, your choice of Jacinda Ardern,
0: the Prime Minister of New Zealand, concurs with the choice of a previous guest I had on our podcast show. Dr. David McGuire, researcher in Scotland, also thought that she had superior leadership skills during COVID. So, I invite you and our listeners to listen to it. David Maguire, researcher in Scotland. Thanks for your insights on being crisis ready, on brand protection and the leadership skills necessary to effectively face crisis. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dear Human Resources. In each episode, you will hear about current HR topics and trends from experts, both practitioners and researchers with the goal of giving you an insider's look at human resources.